every letter of the Hebrew, al Hebrew alphabet is filled with revelation. And tonight, you are going to learn. You are going to learn about the Hebrew alphabet. Can you say alphabet? Alphabet. Now, the, t the title for tonight's teaching is Letters of Light. Five letters of light. Letters of light. And I'm going to explain to you in just a moment what that means. And, and I'm going to talk about finding your purpose in God's tapestry of creation. Now, I do have some handouts tonight. They should be about two pages. Um, if you did not receive them, I think some of you have not received them yet, please raise your hand and I'll, uh, and I'll just ask you to raise, raise your hand. It should be two, two pages. And um, Brother Bert, if you can help me, please. And my sister, thank you so much. All right, thank you. Thanks for that. And again, the, uh, the title is Letter of Light, Finding Your Purpose in God's Tapestry of Creation. All right, do, do, do you all have it? Yes. All right, wonderful. All right, so unlike English, you know, we have an English alphabet of how many letters? 26. Excellent, 26 letters, right? <laughs> and, um, and each letter, how many of you have taught your kids or grandkids or any, any kids the English alphabet? All right, and then, now can you explain to your kids why a capital A looks like a teepee? No. <laughs> or why a lowercase a looks like a, uh, like a splat on the wall? <laughs> we really can't, right? Or, or why the shape of each letter is in that manner? Because you know why? There, is, there really is no, at least not today, there's, there's really no, no re reason why each letter is shaped the way that it is. Or when your parents named you, whether you're John or Elizabeth or Philip, whatever you're named, is there a reason why your parents gave you that name? Did they give you that name with a prophetic purpose? You know, sometimes if, if you're from England, you may name your son Philip just to represent Prince Philip. But you, you name your kids after somebody that you, that you really admire. But there's really no, re there's really no prophetic reason on why you, you give your kids that name. And in many cases, a name is just a label. But I wanna, as I teach you tonight, not, not, not one of you is a label. Every one of you is here by God's divine design, and the letters of God's, of, of God's name are inside of each and every one of you. Your names content, contain the letters of light, and you're going to find your purpose in God's tapestry of creation. Because not one of you is here by accident. Even if the, the, even if the abortion failed and you were still born alive, <laughs> it's not by accident. God has ordained for you to live in this earth. Amen? Yes. Each and every one of us has a purpose in God's tapestry of creation. Yeah. And if you are not born, guess what? The creation would not be complete. And as I teach you this evening, I want to edify you and I want you to know that your lives are laden with purpose. Every one of you is called to a high calling in Christ Jesus. Amen? And every letter is filled with revelation. Every letter of the Hebrew alphabet is filled with light. Unlike the English alphabet or, or any of the languages of the world, the languages of the world are not filled with light. But the, the Hebrew alphabet, the Hebrew alphabet is filled with light. It's filled with revelation. Amen. And how many of you have ever seen a carpenter at work? What does a carpenter use to, to build objects? Tools. Tools, right? And what kind of, in particular, what kind of tools? Hammers, nails, saw, chisels, sandpaper, sandpaper, 
Uh, you are all much more detailed than I am. Anything else? I'm glad I didn't show you my C plus in, in seventh grade woodshop. But, uh, but it did have a plus after the C. So, so, so as a, you know, a carpenter uses many tools to build an object, right? I mean, to a, a, a table, maybe a piece of furniture, a cabinet. Uh, Pastor Emiliano with his business vision cabinets, as, as I'm sure he's built countless um, uh, uh, um, things. So today I want you know, that that's what that's what a carpenter uses to build. Now I'm in the I'm in the information technology field. I'm in the computer networking field. Now one of the very first things I learned is what is all data made of? Whether it's your email, your, uh, uh, everything digital. On your computers, on your smart devices, they all, even the, the lights, everything consists of what are the building blocks of computing? I'm gonna, you're exactly right, bits and bytes, and I'm gonna go down to the bits. There's a reason why the Apple icon has a byte out of it, because it represents a byte of data. A byte of data is eight bits. Now, I know I've lost most of you, but that's all right. Uh, uh, a bit, Really, data consists of zeros and ones. So all data in the world, in all computer data, everything, can, when you take it down to its smallest parameter, it consists of a zero and a one. A zero meaning off, a one meaning on. And, every, and all these combinations of bits and bytes give you all the data. So every email you write can be, can be stripped down to zeros and ones. That, so all, all the computing data goes back to zeros and ones. Everything. If that's what man can do with, 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 with two bits, a zero and a one, how much more can God do with the Hebrew alphabet? Amen. Amen? There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Now from now on, I'm not going to say alphabet. I want to say alphabet. Can you say alphabet with me? Alphabet. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And God did not create the universe out of nothing, as we are taught. God used the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet to create everything that exists. All right? Now, for some of you that hear this for the first time, it's, it's going to be very confusing, but my, my, I'm going to start off a little advanced, and I'm going to back up and, and, and give you a foundation. And if you have not read my book, The Final Countdown, I would encourage you, you know, you can either ask me or just go to, uh, to Amazon.com and search for Destined for Torah, or just search for my name. I have a book called The Final Countdown, and in that book, I explain the book of Genesis from a rabbinic perspective, and, and I give you an overview, overview of every letter of the Hebrew alphabet, amen? So that's just to give you a little, uh, little preview, but I'm assuming that you have not read that book, and I wanna build this class, this series, from the very, from the very beginning. So we're gonna go back to the bits and bytes of the Torah, amen? Now, let's turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 18. I'm going to read it to you from two translations. The first one I'll read it to you from is the RSV translation. And it goes like this. Actually, before I do that, every letter has been formed and, and shaped by God alone. So the biblical Hebrew language is a language that has been formed by God alone. Amen? So it's the holiest of all languages. Every letter radiates the glory of God. 
It is through the letters of light that the revelation of God's design for your destiny will spring forth. So every letter that I teach you tonight, my goal tonight is to teach you two letters of the 22 letters. But every letter is filled with light, it's filled with revelation, and within each letter you will find God, you will find your purpose in God's tapestry of creation. And now in Matthew 5.18, I want you, I want you to be open to learning new things this evening. You know, because often we read the Gospels, but we just, we just read them with a, just getting a simple understanding. But we don't understand that Jesus is a rabbi. His disciples called him rabbi. Yes. He was educated in all the schooling of the rabbis of, of, of first century Israel. Amen? Amen. He, so he, he had all the learning. At age 12, he had entered advanced studies. At 12, age 12, age 13. There was a reason why he was in the temple at age 12. And there's a reason why the gospel emphasized what Jesus was doing. When he was in the temple, and he was asking questions and answering questions, the rabbis in that temple were, and the scribes were so impressed with his, with his Torah brilliance. And the, the way a student is, is analyzed is not by their answers, but by their questions. Because the better questions you ask really shows how in depth and, and, and how what and how until you know how much understanding you have of God's word. Amen? Amen. Now my purpose is not to fill you with intellectual knowledge, even though you'll receive that. My purpose tonight is to allow is to ask the Holy Spirit to fill to transform your hearts, to transform your character, yes. to become the vessels that God has designed everyone to, that God has designed you to be. Amen. Because you are part of God's tapestry. Now Matthew 5.18 says, For truly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. The translation from the RSV is a more accurate translation, especially in the reading of this verse. Now in the New King James, it reads, For assuredly, assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot, can you say one jot, one one or one tittle, or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Right? Now let me repair the misunderstanding of the word law. Now the, the, the New Testament scriptures were taught by Jesus in, 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 in Hebrew, right? In, he, with all, in all Hebrew concepts. Yeah. But when it was written down, it was written, it was translated into Greek. Well, when you translate from Hebrew to Greek, guess what? The idioms don't translate correctly. So there's some there's some meanings of words that are lost in the translation. And then to make things even a little bit crazier, it was translated from Greek into English. Guess what? Some more meaning is lost. So when we read scriptures like Jesus saying, if your eye causes you to sin, cut it out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. I mean, can, can, can any of us take, can, can we take those scriptures literally? Yeah. No way. I don't know about you, but I'd be walking around with no eyes and no lips <laughs> if I took that scripture literally. <laughs> right? It's just like, <laughs> So when you study God's word, I want you to ask questions. You know, it, it's no different in English. You know, um, growing up, and I used to—I'm sorry, Rebecca and Annie—but when I used to, when I in school, when I I, I, I took everything literally, and that was that was my challenge in school. 
That, that was one of my difficulties. So when I would read It's Raining Cats and Dogs, I'd look up in the sky. I don't see cats and dogs. I've never seen a cat and dog fall in the sky. But that's an idiom for it's raining heavily, right? And our, our English vernacular is filled with idioms. And one of the challenges I have in my profession, in my career, is I, I, do, I, I have conference calls all over the world with India, New Zealand, Australia, all over, whether they're English-speaking natives, natively or not, is I have to be very careful with the idioms that I use. Because mm. I, I, often when I use an American idiom, there's silence at the other end of the call. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and we have to be aware of that and, and often we have to simplify our language to where it's, it's plain, right? So when we read the Bible, it's no different. You, you know, we, we need to go back to the original Hebrew meaning. Now, I've learned a lot about this from Dr. Corral at our Monday night MST services. And, I, and I, one website I love to use is jewishperspective.com. And it's really helped me a lot to understand the Hebraic concepts in the Gospels. Because, you know, Jesus is a Jew, he was born a Jew, he was conceived a Jew, born a Jew, raised a Jew, crucified a Jew, and raised from the dead a Jew. So let's not take the Jewishness out of the Word of God. Yes. Amen? The, uh, the entire Bible was, was written by, by, by Jews. All, all the prophets are Jewish. But we have become so anti-Semitic, not, not intentionally, mm -hmm. but we've, we've, taken, we've taken a syringe, and we've inserted the syringe into the Bible, and we've, we've, we've un sub unconsciously or uh, uh, without purpose, we have extracted the Jewish DNA out of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And guess what? You're completely missing the point. You, you're going to completely miss what the Bible is saying. Mm -hmm. Earlier this week, uh, I was meeting with one of my friends from North Carolina. We're, we're talking about the Torah, and he was asking me questions. And and and, and, and what I was trying to do is kind of um, give him a uh, give him a more full understanding of what his interpretation of God's word is. And when he would ask questions. There were things I realized. Well, you know, I don't really have it. I don't really have an understanding here yet, because I'll never claim to to know to say I know everything, because I don't know anything. I'm learning along with you, Amen. And I'm telling you, we go from one glory to the next glory. Amen. Studying the Word of God is more exciting than anything. Amen. It's yeah. the most exhilarating experience in life. It's one thing that just truly excites me is preparing for for every weekly Torah service, Amen. And uh, th there's many definitions of Torah. One definition we use for Torah is the first five books of the Bible, the books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Uh, in Greek, we call it the Pentateuch, meaning the five. The Torah is also called Umash, which is Hebrew for the five. Uh, and sometimes when you hear, hear the word Torah, it's a generic term referring to the entire Old Testament or Hebrew scriptures. Another name for the Hebrew scriptures from Genesis through Malachi is the word Tanakh. Can you say Tanakh? Tanakh. And now Tanakh is an acronym. So what you do is you take the word Tanakh, drop the vowels, and you have a T, an N, and a K, right? The T stands for Torah, the first five books of the Bible, the books of Moses. The N stands for Nevi'im, which represents all the books of the prophets, Joshua, Judges, Samuel, Kings. And then the third cat, and plus many others, and the third category is Ketuvim. Can you say Ketuvim? Ketuvim means writings, the books of Chronicles, uh, the books of Psalms, of Job, uh, Song of Songs, and, and, and uh, the, 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 uh, the, the, the Miguelat, like, like Esther and Ruth, that they all fall into the category of, of, um, of the writings, or Ketuvim. 
So I'm going to give you a little. You know, you can take notes if you like. I'll also try to post this on the blog as well. I try. To, I post many of the invites for tonight for the weekly services at www.destinedfortorah.com, and it's the four with the number four. And so, let me go back to jot and tittle because you know we take that, and and I believe that's an idiom, idiomatic, idiomatic as well. We see jot and tittle. What comes to your mind? I'm going to ask for you just raise your hand for me, please. When, when scripture says. When Jesus says, heaven, I, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is, is fulfilled. What, what does it mean to you when you think about jot and tittle? Punctuation. Punctuation, excellent. Marks. Marks. Uh, a small thing. A small thing. You, you, you're all correct. I, I, like, I like yours the most. Punctuation. And, and, and you're, 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 all, you're all correct. Now let me give you a little different meaning, not saying you, you're, you're all 100% correct. Now, the King James, or New King James, uses the word jot. The RSV uses the word iota. A jot is the smallest letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So when, what, and then, he, then Jesus also uses the word tittle, which we translate to English as tittle. And, you know, we use the, word, we use the words um, jot and tittle interchangeably, don't we? Mm -hmm. we, don't think, we don't think Jesus is meaning two different things, a jot and a tittle. But in Hebrew, they are two different things. The iota, or jot, is the yod. It's the smallest letter of the Hebrew alphabet. If you look on the handouts, and the first page reads from right to left, row by row, and if you take the first page and flip it over, and, and I, I printed this out for you from HebrewForChristians.com, the second, uh, and in Hebrew we read from right to left, so if you go to the second page, which is the back of the first page, you see a tet on the top right? Mm -hmm. You all see that? Yeah. And if you go to the left, you see a, a yod, or a yud. It, and it looks, it just looks like a, like a tiny hook, right? It's, it's, like, it's like a dot. And it's the smallest letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and it's suspended in air. So I want you to be aware of the design. I want you to see how it's placed on a piece of paper. You know, in English, we don't. I mean, the closest thing in English would be the that would be like dotting an I. But it's just a little bit bigger than that. It's because it's got a, a little bit of a stroke. So iota or jot is a yud. So what Jesus is saying, till heaven and earth pass away. One yud or one tittle will by no means pass. The tittle is a crown. So if you look on, if you look at the first letter on that second page, it looks like a t it says tet. Mm -hmm. Do you see those three lines that look like a crown? Yes. Yeah. Guess what that is? Each one is a tittle. Oh. All right. So that's what Jesus said. No yud and no 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 tittle will pass away. That means we don't add to the Word of God, and we don't take away from the Word of God. In Hebrew, in Biblical Hebrew, when the Word of God is written, everything is written in a certain way by divine design. That means if there's extra spaces between letters, we need to pay attention. If, if, in the book of Esther, where the, the t ten sons of Haman are listed, they're listed in two narrow columns. It's the only place in the entire Word of God, in the entire Tanakh, where we see words written in two narrow columns. Because Mordecai and Esther were prophesying 
the ways in which the ten sons of Haman would be executed upon the gallows. It's, do you see how it's all prophetic? It's all by divine design. Yeah. Now, when we translate the Bible into English, you know, the, the, the writers do the very, the translators do the very best to translate. And it takes tremendous skill to translate the Word of God. But they can't, but there's no way any, any translator is going to get it 100% right. But the biblical Hebrew text is 100% accurate, and there is no error whatsoever. I mean, if, if, if a scribe were, were to copy a Torah scroll, and if they messed up on one letter or one spacing, guess what? They'd have to destroy that scroll and start all over again because there's no room for error in the Word of God. Because even one miss, uh, even an addition of a yud, an addition of a tittle, changes the meaning. And now when you read Revelation 22, verses 18 and 19, it's going to make more sense to you. And Jesus says, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the, the, in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. So we don't add to and we don't take away from the word of God. And it goes so far back as we don't, we don't, take, we, we don't change a single character. And that's Revelation chapter 22, verses 18 and 19. Got it, Monica? Yes. All right, excellent. So Jesus is the Aleph Tav. Now, there's two, I'm going to, uh, you know, I said I'm not going to use the word alphabet tonight when I speak about the Hebrew alphabet. I'm going to say alphabet, right? And the, in English, the closest thing to it would be an A and a B. And the other thing you can say is that Jesus is the Aleph Tav. Can you say Jesus is the Aleph Tav? Jesus is the Aleph Tav. The Aleph is the first letter of the Aleph and the Tav is the last letter. Amen. And since we read from right to left, let me start on the right. We have Jesus the Aleph, and Jesus is the Tav. He's the entire, the entire Torah. In Revelation 22.13, it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Now the translators, and all the English translators did this, they they, they quote in Jesus saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega. And we think, oh, and then we have many ministries that have the name Alpha and Omega, and we have songs of Alpha, and I, I don't know if we, do, we don't have a song like that, but we always refer to Jesus being the Alpha and the Omega. Yeah. But you know what? It has no significance in Greek, because Alpha and the word Omega are two letters of the Greek language. When Jesus spoke this to John, he was speaking in Hebrew. And speaking in Hebrew, this has meaning. Jesus, if, if the way I would, if I were to speak this to you in our modern English, I would, I, would, I would quote Jesus saying, I am the A and the Z. It doesn't make any sense. I am the A and the Z, so what, what does that mean? But when you look at it in the biblical Hebrew context, it is filled with meaning. Jesus is saying, I am the Al Aleph and the Tav. He's the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and he's the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and he's every letter in between, because Jesus is the living Word of God. Amen? Amen? Amen. Now, I want you to look at the word, word, in a deeper context, because we, we read these scriptures, but we don't understand the meaning behind it, because without the Hebrew, we've lost the meaning of the words. John, and, and one of my goals is to learn Biblical Hebrew. 
in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. I'll read this to you, but I'm going to read this to you very slowly. In the beginning was the Word. And we all know the Word represents the pre-incarnate Christ, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, the word can also, the word word can be replaced with the word alaktav. In the beginning was the alaktav, because Jesus is the word, and the word is the Hebrew alphabet. Now, back in 1991, I think that maybe the first, that was the year I joined this ministry, and Dr. Corral took the, the, her Torah class, and I had the privilege to go on, on that trip with her, and the, the whole, most of the class went. I think that some of you in this room also went on that trip. So we go, we go to the Chabad bookstore in, in um, Upper Fairfax in West Los Angeles. And we're in that bookstore, and, I, and I, I'm drawn to this book called The Alphabet. And I pick it up, and I have, I mean, I have some Torah teaching from going to Dr. Corral's classes. I mean, I mean the, the classes were just so, so amazing. And I picked up that book at that, Torah, at that bookstore. I could not put that book down. And I was living on very little at that time. I was, I was in my early years of college. But I, I mean, I, you know, I spent everything I had to buy that book. I mean, Torah books are not cheap. They're very expensive. Yes. And I remember I could not put that book down. And every time I read every single letter, uh, and the Holy Spirit was speaking to me saying, that's, that's Jesus, that's Jesus, wow. that's Jesus, that's Jesus. Wow. And if you take the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet, it's not written the way that you see here. The way God, it, the original Hebrew script is different. The, the, the script that Moses wrote in it is different. And the letter Tav looks exactly like a cross. Representing the cross that Amen. Jesus was crucified on. Wow. If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. Amen. And the, the, so the letters I'm going to teach you are life. And John intentionally uses the words, in the beginning. Can you say with, with me, in, in the, the beginning. beginning. I'm going to teach you another technique that Dr. Corral taught us. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's a second, I don't, want to, I, don't want, I don't want to scare anybody out of this class. I would like it if you come back next week as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you don't remember the words, don't worry about it. But I do, I do want you to grasp the concept. Now, whenever you see a word or a phrase repeated in the Bible, we should pay attention. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's the second rule of hermeneutics mm -hmm. from the seven midot of Hillel. Yeah. And it means, it means uh, explanation. Actually, it means, oh my gosh, I forgot. What does Gezra Shabbat mean in English? A similar expression. Thank you for that. It just kind of, it just, I just went blank there. Similar expressions. And just really means, if you see a word, if you see a word or a phrase repeated, we need to pay attention because there's a relationship. Yeah. So when John wrote, in the beginning, anyone that reads this should go, wait, Moses said that in Genesis 1-1. Amen. Amen. So there's a connection between John 1 and Genesis 1. Yeah. In the beginning, God created. But there's something in Hebrew between in the beginning and God created. It's not translated into our Bibles. 
So, the, Jesus, so John uses the words in the beginning on purpose. Now, in the RSV, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth in Genesis 1.1. Now, I want you to maybe, you can even make a little note in your Bible. In the beginning, God. And then what word appears in your Bible after God? The heavens and the earth, right? Well, in the Hebrew, and you can, you can, you can go to qbible.com and just search for the Hebrew text of Genesis 1-1, and you'll see, an extra, you'll see an extra two letters that are not translated into English. You don't have to know Hebrew to find it, just look for a pattern. So it says, in, in, the Bible, in the Hebrew Bible it says, in the beginning God, uh, um, Bereshit Elohim, and then, it, then the word, the two letters are inserted, it, it's, a, it's, it's an et. Can you say et? Yes. Um, it, it, some, I've seen some translations say it's spelled E-S, others E-T, it's pronounced et. And, and then it says, created the heavens and the earth. So in the beginning, God, et, created the heavens and the earth. Well, that et is made up, consists of two Hebrew letters, the first letter, the E, is from the Hebrew letter of the Aleph. And the T in Et is the Hebrew letter Tav. Remember I told you that Jesus is Aleph and Tav? So what it says, in the beginning, God, Aleph Tav, created the heavens and the earth. So it's almost saying that Jesus created the heavens and the earth. Now God created, God the Father created the creation. All that was created. And God created two things at the same time. He created the heavens, plural, and He created the earth. The heavens are the spiritual realm. The earth is the physical realm. And the tool that He uses to create the heavens and the earth are the olive tongue. Jesus is the tool that God the Father used to create the heavens and the earth. Amen. 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 But Amen. unlike a, a carpenter's tool, which, has, which is not alive, it's just a, an, an inanimate object, Jesus is living, and He is life. Amen? Amen. Amen. So in the beginning, God, Aleph Tav, created the heavens and the earth. Now, I, I, don't, I, I haven't been able to prove this, but um, one of the rabbis I've been studying said, there are an estimated 3,000 languages not including not including dialects and more than six sixty six thousand letters which make up the alphabets of these languages only one language and only one alphabet is divinely created yeah. having been formed and, and shaped by god alone this language is lashon hakodesh biblical hebrew and that's by aaron arashkin Lashon HaKodesh means, means the holy tongue or holy speech. Now, it's no wonder then that the, the Hebrew letters are multifaceted. The English alphabet is just a way for us to form words and for us to, to, to speak and to communicate. And English is, is a beautiful language. And all the languages of the world are beautiful languages. But no language in the world has the depth that the biblical Hebrew language does. Because it's the very language that God gave to Adam. Every, I mean, it, it is so filled with meaning, so rich, the language is so rich, that even the, the, the greatest rabbinic scholars 
having continued to engage in understanding why God and how God made what he did. I mean, it's the very building blocks of all of creation. You know, and I shared earlier the analogy of, 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 the, the, uh, of technology. All data is there on once, and just two characters. To, to, and how much more with God's holy language with 22 holy letters? It is my opinion and it's my belief and I'm convinced that every letter is Christ Jesus himself. Amen. And every letter is the Messiah himself. Amen. And every letter provides a different revelation of who God is. Amen. Amen. Every letter has a design. You know, you know, earlier I said I used the letter, capital letter A, it looks like a TV. Why? There's no, there's no reason that I know it. But every Hebrew letter has a purpose-built design to it. The form represents a revelation, and every letter in its design possesses revelation in light. Amen? Amen. So every letter has a design. So I, I wish I had a huge whiteboard here to where I could draw this for you, but the best thing I could do tonight is just to, it's just to print it out for you. So on page one, flip, if you flip your pages back to the first page, the first letter is the Alan. Now, every letter has a design. That's not, and number two, every letter has gamatria. Can you say gamatria? Gamatria. Gamatria refer, refers to the numerical values of each letter. Now, in English, I want to. One way I learn is by contrasting and comparing things, and that's the method I used to teach as well. And I hope it helps you as well too. In English, we have a we have we have a system of characters A through Z for writing words, right? And then we have a separate system of characters for, for counting the, the digits zero, one through nine, right? And that's how our numbering system is. So we have letters A through Z for, for writing, and, and for, for counting, we use zero through nine. In Hebrew, you don't have that distinction. The very 22 Hebrew letters are the same characters that are used to count, all right? So in Hebrew, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet is the letter to Aleph. Can you see that there? Mm -hmm. yes. The letter Aleph has a numerical value of one. Can you say one? one. And if you want to take notes on this, feel free to. Uh, I would encourage you to write equal to one on that, because Aleph is equal to one. So depending on how you're writing, in the context that, it, it, that you're writing in Hebrew, it, it could mean an A, it could mean an Aleph, or it, the letter Aleph, or it could mean the number one. That's the gematria. So let me give you an example of gematria. In Hebrew, if it, like if I take if I take a Hebrew word like shemayim, can you say shemayim? That's the Hebrew word for heaven. Now, if I add up the numerical values of every letter, and the shema, the sha is the shin, and all the way to the last letter, the mem, which is, which is uh, uh, the, the last letter of mem. Shemayim, if I add up all the values of that word Shemayim, it equals, I forgot what, it's, what, what the value is, and we'll get into, the, we'll get into this in more detail in, in future sessions. It equals a certain numerical value. If you add up all the values together, you'll get a number. So that's heaven. Then you take the Hebrew word for soul, neshama, and you add up all the numerical, you add up the numerical sum of the word neshama. Guess what? The numerical values of heaven and soul. It had the same value. Amen. And and when you see two words or two phrases 
that add up to the same value, it means there's a relationship. Amen. They could be opposites or they could be similarities. And, and we're going to go into this. I believe the Holy Spirit is leading me to take us on that journey. But we're not going to do it tonight. We're going to build into it over the, over the next several weeks. And my prayer is that your study of God's Word, your, in the way God uses you in the prophetic ministry, your dreams, everything in your life is going to come to a greater, a higher level because of His Torah. Amen. Yes. Amen. I'm telling you, God can speak to you in the most prophetic and the most clear dreams. God can speak to you in, in, in ways that will just blow, will blow you away. Not because, not to puff you up, but as what's going as you study God's alphabet, God is gonna transform your character. You're gonna become kinder. Your intelligence is gonna increase, and it's, it's gonna affect your ministries. Not only your ministries, it's gonna affect your work in your secular workplace, and it's gonna enhance your relationships. Because because what's happening, the the, the more you study God's word the more of God's light that's gonna, that He's going to fill you with. And then you can, truly, you can truly live the life that Jesus commands us to live. Let your life so shine before men that they may see your good works. Because when you study God's Word and you meditate in God's Word, you are going to perform good works. We cannot live hypocritical lives where we're one way in church and another way in the world. Amen. Amen? We want our light to shine before men. Yes. Amen? We are the salt of the earth. And I'm telling, I'm telling you, what, what people see is, is what we do and how we behave. They're not going to ask you, what did you learn at Torah last week? They're not going to ask you about, what does Gamachu mean? I can guarantee you that you're not going to be asked that when you leave here. <laughs> but what they are going to see is your character transformation. Yes. And the Word of God will transform you. You know, many Christians stop at John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever should believe in him shall not perish, but receive eternal life. And, 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 you are, and your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you are going to heaven. But, is that, but is, are you only concerned about yourself going to heaven, or do you want to take souls with you? Because he who wins souls is wise. And the, one of the ways you're going to win souls is through your character. And the way you act before people. You go into the workplace and somebody lashes out at you, screams at you, or blames you or something, or accuses you, or you find that someone is, someone is speaking evil about you. How do you, Your real character is going to come out in, by, by the way you respond to, to, to that. Because when someone lights a fire under you, how are you going to respond? And I'm telling you, the more of God's word that's in you, it's going to refine your character and it's going to refine your speech. It's going to make you more forgiving. It's going to be, you're going to learn how to turn the other cheek. Turning the other cheek doesn't mean that someone's going to, that someone, if someone comes over and hits you on the left side, that you hit them on their left side. It, it, it has to do, how do you, how do you respond? I, I, how do you respond? Let's say I ask Ravitz and Terry if I ride home, because I, uh, and, and she says no. I said, okay. Well, next time her car breaks down, she asks me if I ride. And guess what, tit for tat, I say no when she asks me. That's not the way we are to live. And we are not to revenge one another. And give each other the benefit of the doubt. Maybe she didn't drive me because she, she had another urgency to take care of, another emergency, right? Or, 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 or whatever, whatever it may be. And if you're sitting in the front row, I'm going to pick on you. And Terry has a kid. So, so, but you know, do you see where I'm going with this? I want you to allow the Word of God to transform you. I'm not saying I have it all together. I, I'm tested every single day. But God is so merciful, He gives me unlimited retakes. 
But I'm praying I don't need to use unlimited retakes. You know, um, someone on a, on, a, on a Facebook on a Facebook group I'm a part part of is organizing our, our high school reunion, and 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 and, she, and somebody in that group posted a scantron. She, you know, remember those green scantrons with the bubbles that you fell in? And she goes, "How many of you remember these?" <laughs> and I want to say, "No, I don't want to. I don't remember those because I had nightmares of those scantrons." <laughs> And I remember how, I mean, I remember Bhagavan, she came from India, she had to take exams in American, in, American, in American colleges. And she struggled because that's not how they tested in India. But in, America, in, in American exams, at least this is my experience as well, I, I dreaded every, every multiple choice exam I took. Because every, every question was designed to trick you. And it's like, why can't they just ask the question? Why do they work the question to trick you? Well, you know what? God is not that way. God does not give you exams to trick you. God gives you the answer even before you get the exam. God's exams are open book. Don't be afraid to open these books. It's open book. Most of us don't open our books. We don't open our Bibles. And don't, don't, don't depend on the app on your iPhone or, or your Android device to tell you what the word of the day is. Go before God himself and open your Bible and let God speak. Amen. 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 I didn't realize how many people actually do that. They just go online and, and let, let, let the scripture pop up out of the app they download. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's, that's not going to feed you. But and every, okay, so every word has a design. Every Hebrew letter and word has gematria, numerical values. It, this is not numerology. I don't believe in numerology. This is, gematria is a holy interpretation of God's holy word. And every letter is laden and filled with, with meaning. For example, the Hebrew letter Aleph, it stands for a chief. It means to learn. It speaks about wondrous. It's filled with so much meaning. The second letter of the Hebrew alphabet means house, meaning that God's habitation below because the earth is God's house. And each and every one of you is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Right. So you, you are like a bet as well because God wants to make his inhabitation inside of you. And, number, and so we're going to cover design, gamatra, and meaning over the next several weeks. There's also other things that each Hebrew letter possesses. Number four is, and I have not studied this yet, it, it, it's the word nekudos. Can you say it with me? Nekudos? Nekudos. Translates into English as vowels. So most letters have a vowel that tells us how it is to be pronounced. That's number four. We won't cover that in this class. The fifth is crowns. So some letters in the in the in some letters in the twenty-two letters of the alphabet have crowns, as we saw with the with the letter um, tet. And they're like little lines drawn on top of the Hebrew letters, and and it adds strength to the letters. Rabbi Aki, Akivas, famous for his expositions upon them. The, the crowns have their own special meanings. And you know what? I have not studied that yet. So if, if, the, if the Holy Spirit gives it, it has us go into that, we will go there. Mm -hmm. But it, that's, an, that's, another, that's another depth level of meaning. It's a level I have not even begun to study yet. The crowns. And number six, which I just learned about today, are cantillation. Can you say cantillation? Cantillation. That means each word in the Torah has a musical note. That means you can play the entire word of God by, through an instrument. Isn't that holy? 
And, I, I, and this is something I am going to research. I have not gone there yet. That's awesome. And I read, I read a writing from another rabbi, and you know what he, you know what he said? One of, the, one of the harps that David played had 22 strings. Wow. 22 letters that you were out of bed. So I, I don't know this, I can't say this uh, by proof, but it's my opinion that the entire Torah could be played according to, to, according to, with, with a musical instrument or even with a voice. Yes. Yes. Isn't that holy? Yes. Totally. And Holy Spirit, I ask you that you'll make us, that you'll bring us to a place of learning, of learning that, Lord God. Take us to all six levels. It's amazing, isn't it? Yes. It's 9-11. I don't know how far we're going to get tonight. I, I wanted to cover two letters tonight, but let's see how far the Lord, Lord will take us. I'd like to continue for, if it's okay with you, I'd like to continue for another 15 minutes. John 8, 12. I won't do, I won't torture you like I did several, some years ago. When I first taught in the alphabet, I made you all listen to me teach all 22 letters in one night. So I'm not going to do that tonight. My goal is to cover maybe two letters per night. And don't worry, my wife Bob, and I'll make sure I keep according to the time. So, uh, John chapter 8, verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. How many of you want your lives to be filled with the light of life? Yes. Then fill yourselves with the word of God, Genesis through Revelation. My definition of Torah is the entire Bible, Genesis through Revelation. Amen. And in every single jot, in every single tittle, in every single character, every single letter, in every single space, it, 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 through the entire Bible is filled with the revelation of Jesus himself. Amen? Because Jesus is the living Torah. Jesus is the living Word of God. And transformation will take place in your lives as you study and as you meditate in God's Word. And the more fire, the more hunger you have for God's Word, the more revelation God's going to give you. One thing about God's word is, you know, I could write a thousand books. And God can give me so much revelation. But, but as soon as I get to the point where I say that it's my own skill that gave me that revelation, guess what happens? God takes away everything that he taught me. Amen. Because God, God will not cast his pearls before swine. Amen. God will not. Remember when Jesus healed the Syrophoenician's child? Yes. And, what she, and Jesus said, I'm, I, I am only sent to the lost tribes of Israel. And what, what did she say? And, what, and, 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 and she, she used a Hebraic idiom, and, and, and God, God, did heal her, God did heal her child. What was taking place is when Jesus' ministry upon this earth was to the lost tribes of Israel. It was to Israel. But when he ordained his disciples... He commissioned them to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And, and the apostle that was sent to, to convert the Gentiles was the apostle Paul. Right? Yes. yes. And earlier, when I, and I, when I jump around, I, I sometimes I skip things. But earlier I talked about in Matthew 5.18 when it says the law, it says the law from the law till all is fulfilled. When we say law, we always think about we always think about law in the negative sense. 
in, in many places in the Gospels, or even through the Epistles, the, the word law is, is really a mistranslation. And it, it's accurate, but it's not fully accurate. It should say Torah, the Word of God. Sometimes law refers, because it, it, in English, law is a pretty generic word. But going back to Hebrew, there's many different words that are, are, uh, are used. Sometimes the, when law is used, Paul is, or Jesus is not referring to the, 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 you know, the 613 commandments. Sometimes it's just referring to the word of God. Sometimes it can be referring to the Ten Commandments. Other times it's referring to the 613 commandments. God gave the Jewish people, his chosen people, 613 mitzvot. Three, 613 commandments. 365 negative, thou shalt not, and 248 positive commandments, thou shalt do. Wait, say that again, thou shalt not. Uh, thou shalt not. No, th no thou shalt. So uh, positive means you, you do, and negative means do not. So 365 negative, 248 positive. 365 plus 248 is 613. Please double check my math. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's accurate. And when God gave, uh, but God only gave seven commandments to Noah. Remember, Noah wasn't Jewish. God gave Noah seven Noahide laws. So we as Christians are not under the law, meaning we are not under 613 commandments. We are under the seven Noahide laws. And I'll talk about that in the next few weeks as well. Because it's very easy for me to go on a tangent and not bring you back to where I want to bring you tonight. But I bring this out because I don't want you to see the New Testament as, an, as another testament. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And the Jews will always be God's chosen people. Amen. They had, God has commissioned them to be a nation of kings and priests yes. to all the nations of the earth. Yeah. There's a calling, a high calling that God has given to Israel alone. But God has grafted us in. We are now part of the vine. But we don't replace the vine. I will not teach replacement theology because that's a false doctrine. We don't replace Israel. Israel will always be Israel. But we as Christians have been grafted in. And when Christianity first started, it wasn't a separate religion. It was a sect of Judaism. It was through the persecution that it, that it, it separated. And John and Till refers to the Yud and the Crown. There's no addition and no removal from the Torah. Hebrew, biblical Hebrew is the Lashon HaKodesh, it's the holy tongue. Every Hebrew letter is filled with design, gematria, and meaning. And nekudos, crowns, and cantillation. The letters of the Hebrew alphabet are letters of light. Every letter is filled with revelation. And the more you study, the more, the more time you spend meditating on these letters, the more prophetic you're going to become. Amen. God's going to use you to, 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 to levels you've never imagined. Even this week, and I, I'm not normally a dreamer. You know, I know many people that have prophetic dreams all the time, but for me, it's a very rare experience. And some of the most prophetic dreams I've ever heard are dreams that God has given Bhavna. But in my life, dreams are very rare, but when I have them, I, they're, they're phenomenal. And this week, as I was preparing for this service, the dreams that God gave me this week have completely blown me away. Oh, wow. And it's not because of me. I share this with you because God has no respect to a person. But just, and all I've been doing this week, besides my 
my, my normal job is, is studying the Hebrew alphabet, and God is, I mean, God is bringing, has filled my dreams with revelation. And even today, after I, after I finished my work day, and I, and I was preparing it with more for this for tonight's service, it's just like God just confirming over and over and over again with His presence that this is what He has for you tonight. Amen. This is what He ordained for you. And I know this is very advanced study. I know this is very Amen. difficult to receive. Amen. But this is what God has ordained for you to receive tonight. Because your soul is going to come to life as you study His Word. Your soul is going to be illuminated. God's going to take you to levels you've never imagined. And my goal tonight is to, is to, is, I want to teach the book of Revelation, and I'm praying that God will give, will, will bring us to that place where he'll teach us Revelation in, in light of rabbinic, in rabbinic context. Wow. So we really understand what the book of Revelation means. Amen. We have so messed up the book of Revelation and left all, left all Christians confused. I don't know about you, but I was glued to, to every prophetic pro prophecy teacher on Christian television since I was a kid. And I, I heard mid-trip, pre-trip, post-trip, go-trip. And there's no trip as well. I mean, it was just like, no, that's, that's post-trip. So, so all of them, and it left me so confused. But what I've been learning is you need to study Revelation within the context of what the rabbis teach. Amen. Amen. You can't accept, and, and many believers think we don't need the Hebrew Scriptures. And guess what? They completely misinterpret the New Testament because you can't study the New Testament without the Hebrew Scriptures. Amen. You know, an analogy that I always use, and you're probably tired of this by now. How many of you would go to see a doctor who has not completed medical school and who has not completed residency? Please raise your hand. Or please come to the front. And I will have Bhavna treat you. <laughs> None of us, right? Or you wouldn't allow, allow me to treat you either because I don't, I don't have that training and I don't have that experience. Yet we study God's Word without the foundation. And some people have gone so far to say that we don't need the Hebrew Scriptures. All we need is Matthew through Revelation. Well, guess what? You, you're, I mean, it's wonderful to have Matthew through Revelation. I, I, I encourage every believer to read the book of John first. But you know what? That's not where you stop. You need, at some point, you need to stop building the foundation. Because if you don't have the foundation, what you have will crumble. Mm -hmm. And Jesus did not come to do away with the law. Our English translations say that he came to fulfill the law. Now, it should read, and I'm going to use it in my, my own, uh, in, in my own words, Jesus did not come to destroy the Torah. He came to correctly interpret the Torah. Amen. 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 And the Torah being the entire Bible. Yes. Amen. Amen. And now I'm going to teach you one. I am not going to teach you Aleph tonight. It, it'll be too much. I just want you to soak what's been delivered tonight. You can replay tonight's teaching. We don't, we don't sell CDs for this class. But you can just go on Facebook.com, just go to my personal page, Sanjay Fusion, on Facebook, and you can catch the recording right after this class. Or this weekend, you can just go on, if you, if you subscribe to podcasts, just subscribe to uh, Destin Fatora, or just go to YouTube and, and search for Destin Fatora, and you, you'll be able to catch the video of this, of this teaching. But I encourage all of you just to meditate on the scriptures, 
meditate on the handouts that I've given you, and just and, and, and just just allow just, just allow God to speak to you, and allow Jesus to reveal Himself to you. Amen. Every letter contains the cross. Every letter contains the blood. Every letter contains the DNA of Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus is the Messiah of Israel. Every letter, every Hebrew letter radiates light, insight, and clarity. Every letter is filled with wisdom, and it will give you understanding. And transformation in your life will take place as you meditate in God's Word day and night. Now, when the let when this when another thing I want to teach you is, you know, if I take the word, if I take an English word, and it, and sometimes with some English words, I can transpose the letters, and it gives you another meaning, right? Another word. So if I take the name Bob, and I reverse the letters, read Bob. <laughs> No, but that's not a good, a good one. But you know, how about God and dog? Oh, God and dog. But it doesn't mean that God that, that there's, a, there's no relationship between God and no. dog. But no, but no, but that's a perfect analogy. God and dog. It's the same letters, but two different words, completely different meanings. No relationship, other than God created the dog. Yeah. Now, in Hebrew, in Hebrew, that's a very good one. If you if you take a if you take a word and you transpose the letters, guess what? You get two different Hebrew words. There's a relationship between those two words. Yeah. One reason is they have the same gematria, the same numerical value. So it, even when letters are transposed and you get different words, it, it there's a it gives us different meanings, but it shows the meanings are related. Let me give you an example. In in the words in the beginning in Hebrew, the letters can be, if you take those, word, those letters in Hebrew, Bereshit uh, Elohim, and you transpose them, you can transpose those letters in Hebrew, and it will read in English, letters of fire. So the Torah is letters of fire. All right? You can also transpose those words, those letters in Hebrew, and in English, it will read on the first of Tishri. Now, for those of you uh, that, have, that have been studying with Dr. Kraut for some time, you'll know that the first of Tishri is the first day of the seventh month. And the first day of the seventh month is significant because it's the day in which God created the universe. Amen. And it's the day in which Adam and Eve were created. It's the anniversary of the creation of mankind. It's the anniversary of the creation of the heavens and the earth. So, in just those three words, you got those three meanings. Amen. In the beginning, on the first of Tishri, and letters of and, and letters of fire. No, uh, actually, it's not. It's something about fire. Um, in, in those three words, you can see how it's it's it's, this, it's filled with so meaning. But all three phrases have the same numerical value. Mm -hmm. you, you you see how filled with revelation God's word is, yeah. and that's just the letters alone. We're not even studying concepts yet. Let me read this to you. There's a Hebrew word, Hatzar. Can you say Hatzar? It means troubles. Now, if you rearrange, rearrange Hatzar, it can be read as Ratzar. 
And Ratsa means a desire to run passion, passionately into the arc of Torah and prayer. And then if you also transpose the Hebrew letters again, it reads the word Zohar, which means a light that shines from within. All these three words share the same Hebrew letters as Zadik, which you'll find on your handout, a Resh, and a He in different combinations. Now the Baal Shem Tov, which is one of the rabbis, explains the connection between the words as follows. When one is, when one is experiencing troubles, Hatzar, and one runs to study Torah and pray with great desire, Ratza, one is illuminated with a godly light from within, Zohar, spelled T-Z-O-H-A-R, that helps him transform his troubles into blessings. How many of you want to see your troubles transformed into blessings? Amen. 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 That's what we see right here. The connection between the words, when one is experiencing troubles or hatzar, and one runs to study God's word and to pray with great desire, that's ratzah. Guess what takes place? One is illuminated with a godly light from within, from the Holy Spirit who lives within us, the Zohar. And that helps him transform his troubles into blessings. I believe God allows troubles in our lives to cause us to run to Him. Yeah. Amen? Because without troubles, we become too complacent in life. God wants us to run to Him. And every Hebrew letter radiates light. Insight and clarity. I'm just repeating what I said to you earlier. And within every letter, is, it emanates wisdom from God. The Mishnah says, and I'll explain what Mishnah is later, but this is from the Perkiah Bot. It says, with the ten utterances, God created the world. And we also see in Exodus, and we just, we just finished Shibboleth, God created, I mean, God gave ten commandments on Mount Sinai. Right? So we see ten twice. When you go back to Genesis 1 in your, in your English Bibles, you'll read, and God said ten times. And after, after, every, after every God said, then God says something. God created everything that exists, everything, not everything that exists, but everything that was created with ten utterances. Wow. But you know what? And, and, and what did he use to create? The Hebrew alphabet. The alphabet. And just as a carpenter utilizes tools to build a home, God utilized the 22 letters of the alphabet to form the heavens and the earth. And the alphabet the al the al are metaphorical representations of wood, stone, nails, post, and, and on and on and on. Oh, Jesus yeah. is the living alphabet. And Jesus is before the creation of the world. Amen. I want to leave you with one last concept. And that is, the, the, remember I told you the, 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 the word et, E-T, Aleph and Tav, Jesus is the Aleph and the Tav. God created the, with the uh, with the Hebrew letters, the ten utterances of creation. And then one of the rabbis says, forever the words of God are hanging in the heavens. Take them to Psalm 119, 89. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. So when God spoke the creation into existence, God is continually feeling... It's, it's like everything is always being recreated because if God's word ever stopped being active, all of creation would, would cease to exist. He sustained everything that exists by the word of his power. 
And, the, and Paul says this in Hebrews 1.3. He reflects the glory of God. And he bears the very stamp of his nature. Upholding the universe by the word of power. How does God the Father keep the universe existing? By the word of power. And what took place when he had made purification for sins? He sat down at the right hand of the majesty upon high. The very creation is sustained by his very word. Now we all know after the rapture takes place, we will be caught up into the sky to meet our bridegroom, Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. And we, the bride, will be joined to the bridegroom, who is Christ Jesus, the, the Mashiach. And he will give us new bodies that will have no corruption, and we will sin no more. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to the day where I'll sin no more. I believe, actually I don't just believe, I know this. I will not be able to live sinless without the word of his power. Amen. Amen. Because as soon as, if his word were ever to cease to exist, well, not only would I cease to exist, and even if I did continue to exist, I would fall right back into my depraved state. Because it's Christ Jesus and his blood that will sustain me and keep me in a righteous state. Because I have no righteousness of my own. Amen. Amen. Now, as I conclude here, this is my third conclusion. I want to leave you with a few definitions. The first one is Torah. Can you say Torah? Torah. Refers to the five books of Moses. And it also refers to the entire written Torah and the oral Torah. When God gave the Torah to Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him two Torahs, the written Torah and the oral Torah. And the oral Torah often interprets how to apply the written Torah. Another word you'll hear a lot in this class and in your studies is the word Talmud. The Talmud is the primary book of the oral Torah. It's the basic of Halakha, which refers to Jewish laws and customs. I will not use a lot of Talmud in this class, but I'll refer to it from time to time. Yeah. And there, in addition, I want you to know the four levels of interpretation in Jewish thought. The first level is the, is the Shat. Can you say Shat? Shat. Spelled P-S-H-A-T. It refers to a, um, the simple understanding or basic understanding. And it's often the literal understanding of the Word of God. So when you turn to Esther chapter 1, it says that the, the, king, the king ruled over 127 provinces. So, what does that mean? He ruled over 127 provinces. But then, you, you go a little deeper. The second level of study is called Ramez. Can you say Ramez? Ramez. Ramez, Ramez means comparison. So, for example, John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning is what it starts with. Genesis 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning. That's a remez. It's a comparison. Gezra Shabbat is a type of remez. Just remember, it's a, a definition in one word, it's a comparison. Now you go a little bit deeper. Je Esther chapter 1, verse 1, the king ruled over 127 provinces. If, 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 you're, if you're a Jew, you're going to look at that and go, 127. Where else do I see 127 in the Bible? Well, guess what? Going back to Genesis. Sarah lived 127 years. Well, what does that tell us? There's a relationship between Esther and Sarah. Both Esther was the seventh prophetess in the, in the Hebrew scriptures, and um, Sarah was the first. Another comparison, Esther was taken against her will into the king's harem. Sarai was taken against her will into Pharaoh's harem. 
See, we start paying attention that 127 is tying many things together, many similarities between Esther and Sarah. Esther became a queen of the Persian Empire. Guess what? Sarah was the first princess or queen of the Jewish people. That, that's, just, that's just the second level of understanding. You want to go a little deeper? Darash. Can you say Darash? D-R-A-S-H. D-R-A-S-H. And that refers to an, an investigation. We used a lot of Darash in tonight's teaching. Darash means you investigate. That means you dig into rabbinic commentaries. You look into different rabbinic opinions and often conflicting opinions. And you, and you, 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 go, into deep, you go into deeper studies. So that, that's Darash. If I, if I wanted to scare you away from this class, I would say it refers to homiletics and exegesis, defining and explaining the verses of Torah. But I don't want you to remember that. I just want you to remember one word, investigation. And the final level, and actually some rabbis say there's five, but I only want us to work on four. The fourth level is sod. Can you say sod? Sod. It's spelled S-O-D, and it refers to secrets. That's the revelation. I believe the sword of tonight's teaching is Yeshua, or Christ Jesus himself, is the Aleph-Bet. Amen? Let's give the Lord a hand of praise for tonight's word. Hallelujah. And next week, we're going to go into the Aleph and the Bet. We're, we're, we're going to continue on.